0: this is the sales gravy podcast i'm Jeff blunt best-selling author of people buy you and i'm here to help you knock down more doors close bigger deals and rock your commission check On this episode, I discuss some of the challenges and roadblocks that are facing modern sales leaders with best-selling author and sales management guru Ken Thorson. Ken has trained and coached thousands of sales leaders and is one of the preeminent thought leaders on building and leading high-performance sales teams. Ken also facilitates the highest-rated course on SalesGravy University, the course called "Slammed: The Sales Management Bootcamp." Is taught once a quarter and is limited to just 15 participants. The small group size allows Ken to provide hands-on coaching and mentorship between training sessions. Slammed is taught over an eight-week period in live one-hour sessions in a virtual classroom, and participants also learn from more than 30 on-demand videos and discussion forums. It's like getting a master's degree in sales leadership. To learn more about Slammed and our other popular courses, call 844. Four four seven three seven three seven. 3737. That's 844 447 3737. Or you can visit salesgravy.com. That's salesgravy.com and click on the Sales Gravy University icon in the top bar. Now, here's my discussion with Ken Thorson on the challenges and roadblocks that are facing modern sales leaders. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. I'm the CEO of Sales Gravy, and I'm really fortunate today to have on with me Ken Thorson, who is the author of some of the most amazing books on sales management. And Ken is also the master instructor for our sales manager bootcamp called Slammed on Sales Gravy University. And the conversation today is going to be on sales leadership and what sales leaders need to be doing right now to build high-performing teams, some of the issues that sales leaders are facing in the modern sales environment, building high-performance teams, and then Ken's top tips on, uh, on, on sales leadership and sales management that will make you better almost immediately. Ken, welcome to the Sales Master Series and Talk to us a little bit about your background first and, uh, and I think it's important for people to understand how extensive your background is in sales leadership and what an expert you are in this particular area.
1: Thank you for those kind words. Uh, it started a long time ago. I, I had an opportunity to lead a small sales force of five people. So I've been in a small business running an organization as a sales manager and learning. I was fortunate that my mentor at that point in time, asked me to go to Boston and spend two days with someone he considered the real guru around sales management. And Dave taught me a lot of things in those two days, so I came back better prepared. But then I had the opportunity where Dave became president of a large software company, hired me as vice president of sales to run the international North American division of that, Uh, and had an opportunity then to travel all over like you do, seeing organizations all over the United States. And in those nine years, I figured out where the top sales managers were, were my top resellers or my top sales organizations, but I didn't have enough of them. So, we spent about eight years of those nine years developing sales managers in the street level. And for the last 20 years, I've been taking those lessons and incorporating them into major organizations as well as a lot of small organizations as well too.
0: And the one thing that I love about you, Ken, and I've known you for a long time, so we're friends, and this is, this is not a new conversation that we've had, but you know, the thing I like about you is, is, is you're just practical. I mean, it's not pie in the sky. You don't create a lot of, of weird theories. I mean, you're just meat and potatoes. You get right down to it. I mean, everything from the worksheets that you use in your course to the advice that you give is, is really focused on getting results immediately why is that? Why do you you focus on reality versus on theory?
1: Well, that's how I'm built. But more importantly, the tagline in our organization is called building organizations through the execution of strategic sales management. And what I found, just like in selling, Jim, if I'm an average performer, but I implement a process or some tools, I can up my game. So in sales management, where a lot of people have never gone to a sales management course, they've gone through sales training, but they've never really understood the difference between leadership and management, and how do you motivate people? But more importantly, how do you build predictable revenue through high performance? And so I created systems in place to help that average sales manager up their game. And that's really why I focus on the tools. As fundamental is how do you run a Monday morning sales meeting? We have a template for that. As fundamental as how do you onboard new salespeople after you hire them effectively? so we have. A, uh, sales managers toolkit we actually have and it's made up about 40 different
0: tools that we've
1: developed over the years to, to make a difference in sales organizations.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why when we look at all the courses on sales Care university that we teach the course that you teach and and by the way if you're watching this this is a live course that Ken is teaching online once a week so it's not like a bunch of videos that we give you uh, you're involved with people hands-on you do coaching your your courses are interactive mm-hmm. But when we look at, at, at the SLAM sales management boot camp that you run, it is the highest rated course that we have day in and day out. And I know it's because when you're, when you're spending time with those folks, you're taking all of those tools and you're putting it in their hands and you're helping them apply those tools in context to where they are.
1: uh, Let me just jump on that I think you're very true because one of the comments that comes out it's an eight-week course by the way and it comes out in about the second or third week when we have an interactive discussion for one hour each week after the people have watched some videos looked at the guidebooks and some of the tools when they go wow I thought I was the only one with that problem and all of a sudden everybody else goes wow you're just like me in that issue and it's really interesting to see that happen.
0: Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the biggest issues that are frustrating modern sales leaders. And, and I'm, I'm going to give you a, the preface on this. I loved being a sales manager. It was my favorite job that I ever had in corporate America. It was the only job that I really had the opportunity to build my own tribe. Like my, that, that sales team, my 10 salespeople, they were mine. My, you know, my job was to make their lives better. My job was to interact with them and their families was to help them make more money. And we had such a good time. And it was the only job that I ever had in my entire career that I had, I had that much of a connection with my people because everything above that, I was leading leaders versus leading individual contributors. And I loved it but I hear so many sales managers today complaining about the job itself and about the things that are in their way and the roadblocks they run into and how stressed out and frustrated they are. And I wonder sometimes if maybe I just was a sales manager in a different era when things were easier and that today's sales leader is facing a different set of roadblocks, frustrations, adversity than, than I was facing, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was in that role. And I'm wondering what your take on that is. I'm kind of old school from that perspective. Um, I don't think the game
1: has changed a lot. I think people have changed, certainly. But the idea of having an emotional, professional impact on an individual and wanting to coach and help them grow is part of the mentality we talk about in sales management. One of the reasons high-performing salespeople generally are not good sales managers is not only because of ego. But because things come naturally to them in some cases and they can't transfer that knowledge or have the patience in working and coaching and helping people. So part of the reason we started our sales management consulting practice and ran workshops over the last number of years and built SLAM for Sales Gravy is that we can transfer that knowledge. I talked earlier about the difference between leadership and management, but there's the emotional connection that sales managers have to touch and they have to understand What Jeb is looking for for his success, what Jeb needs to grow professionally, and what his personal objectives are. And that's why in our salesperson's business planning course, we actually talk about how to put a salesperson's business plan together, and we incorporate personal goals along with professional goals. It's taking time to understand the individual and connect to them.
0: That's probably the biggest challenge most people have. Well, that's, that's the thing that I loved most about being a sales leader was I got to sit down with all my people and build those personal plans for them and, and then watch them get actualized. And what I, what I teach sales leaders is, is you have to do that with an open heart and open mind, because some salespeople are going to break your heart. You're going to, you're going to spend a lot of time working with them, building those plans out, and they're just not going to do it. And you can't allow that to make you cynical and say that, 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 that everybody should be that way. The other thing that I see with, with sales leaders when they're building these personal plans for their salespeople is they give them the plan and say, go build it yourself rather than being involved with them, asking questions, pulling things out. Because a lot of times I find that salespeople don't really know what they want. They don't really they can't really see the entire picture. And it's essentially the sales leaders' job to see the things that their salespeople can't see. Isn't isn't that right? Yeah, that's why you know a process.
1: We have a a sample business plan that a salesperson fills out. They go and work on it. That's their responsibility. You want to hold them accountable to do that. But then they have to share it with a sales manager who has to approve it, coach it, help them, make sure it's realistic. And then what we have is the last step, which I think is most important. The salesperson has to stand up in front of their peer group and present their business plan to their peers. And then after six months, they have to present the plan again about here's what my plan was, here's what I accomplished, and here's my plan for the next six months. And when you build that kind of rhythm, cadence of rhythm I talk about, that all of a sudden things start to go. However, the biggest problem sales managers have is hiring. That's why my first book, Hiring a High-Performance Sales Team, was done, because without the right talent, just like a college football coach, you've got to, recruiting's is the number one thing you've got to do. You've got to get the right people on your team who are going to accept coaching, who want to grow, have high expectations, and the mental toughness to be a salesperson.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, talent always finds a way to win. I, think, I just believe that talent comes first. And when I go, when I think about, like, the best sales leaders that I, that I encounter when I'm out with my clients and from my past— The one thing that if you interview their salespeople, the one thing the salespeople always say about the sales leader is that sales leader knows every single thing about me and that sales leader cares about me. And that sales leader is focused on helping me get what I want, help me win. But then you know, when you back up and take a look at the salespeople that are working on the sales leader's team, all of them are talented. So it's not—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's a combination of the two things. The sales leader's done a beautiful job of bringing the right people in that fit that team. And I'm talking about diversity. I'm talking about these teams are, they're, they're people from all backgrounds, um, all different colors, all different uh, ages, that the, this sales leader has fit the right people in at the right place. And then that leader does what you said: is they create this cadence of accountability. That eventually, what happens is the individuals on the team, because you know talent is what talent is, they begin to hold each other accountable uh, for that. Let me ask you a question, though, because I see leaders all the time in these situations where they bring on talent. I see leaders holding on to people who don't have talent, who are not doing the job, and I find that that has a tendency to run talented people off, probably more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, I have a saying.
1: Some people say bad breath is better than no breath at all. And I'm, and I'm saying no. And I, when I go into organizations as a consultant, and we have to either prune the sales organization, regen it, fix it, do the things. As we let people go, people will come up to me and say, you know, we should have let him go six months ago. Or she wasn't going to make it. She was looking for a job already. So the sooner you make that decision, the better off you are. And that's why we have a whole session and one of the eight weeks is on coaching and training. Because if people don't take coaching or they don't take training, then it's a pretty good sign that they aren't going to be successful unless they're an A plus performer and they don't need coaching, they don't need training, and then the sales leader should stay out of their way and let them go do their job. But you're absolutely right. Uh, that's why quarterly reviews with each salesperson are important. And if they're not taking the coaching on the formal quarterly review, then you also know you have a problem. Uh, one of the tools we have is a performance plan, and basically it's used. When you want to save the person, but he or she's not performing, you basically sit down and say, for the next 30 days, these are objectives, these are the goals, and we have three outcomes. At the end of 30 days, I take you off the performance plan, I leave you on the performance plan, or I terminate employment. It's not a soft fire. It's just I want to save you. But if you don't want to save them, make a decision. And one of the things we teach in the course is that if I'm going to let you go, I don't do it Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. I want to do it Tuesday when I made the decision on Monday night. as fast as possible, early in the week, they get off, they're gone, they're looking for their next job already on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and they're there. So we have a lot of stories and ideas that come up in that weekly, hourly discussion. That's an interactive forum between myself and 15 people. It's a small group experience, which makes it highly intimate.
0: Well, that's what I think I love about Slammed is we've, we've, basically restricted the number of people that can be in the course. We usually have more people who want to subscribe to the course, who want to join and enroll than than we have slots available, but we've been very disciplined to keep the group size small so that you can get hands on with these sales leaders who are, are looking for, you know, for help. And I love, I, I gotta tell you in my heart, I just love what you just said, because what I see most companies doing is they put people on a PIP you know, a salesperson is not making their they're on a performance improvement plan, which in, essentially in most organizations is an RIP. And it's given, and the person who gets the PIP knows that it's the end. And what you said is we're backing that up. And you've got a, a formula so sales leaders can save people. Because trust me, there's no sales leader in the world that knows that saving the person is better than firing them. Because having that hole in your in your in your team puts you in a bad a, a bad spot, especially when your plan is built by headcount. So by getting ahead of that curve, you're able to tell them, I care about you and I want you to be on my team. I'm willing to invest in you. If you're willing to invest in your health yourself, if you make progress, you can stick around. If you, if you don't make progress, then in a lot of cases at the end of your system, I bet the salesperson comes to the sales leader and says, you know, this is just not the right thing for me, which saves you a huge HR hassle in the process. Absolutely, and I think the whole issue there
1: is uh, holding people accountable, having self-discipline, and as you said earlier about the teams hiring the right people, I write often about self-managed sales teams, and that's the goal of the sales manager. Many new sales managers make the mistake of wanting to be dependent or wanting their salespeople to be dependent to them. And in the real world, the sales manager wants to make them independent so he or she can go out and have a great time and know they're, they're going to do their numbers. That's part of the idea about management and leadership, two different definitions and a sales leader. Why it's a tough job is you have to be both.
0: But I love what you just said Then And this is great. And we're going we're gonna to wrap this up on that. And I want you to walk us through uh, some of the things that you're going to be teaching in SLAM. But that's the thing that I love the most it's it's the thing that I loved about being a sales leader was that I was free to go be a leader and a coach I was free to be in the field with my people I was free to to enjoy watching my people grow and perform and seeing them you know reach their goals and reach their dreams I love doing that and I think that if we go back to my original you know point with you that sales leaders are frustrated sales leaders feel like they're handcuffed like they don't have the freedom to do those things and the thing about slammed is you show sales leaders how to put systems and processes in place, how to create those, those accountability cadences, how to do things that they don't necessarily know how to do so that it makes the job of sales management so much more fun and so much more rewarding so that just as a human being, you wake up every day and you're happy and, and, you, and you're excited about going to work. So talk to us about some of the things that people should expect to learn in the course Slammed.
1: We start out talking about leadership and management how to motivate your sales team. It's the emotional side of sales management that most people don't think about. Most people think about sales management as asking you how many calls you had today, how many presentations this month and what did you sell? That's the numbers game. Well, we spend time on that too. We actually have two sessions around building predictable revenue, where we talk about account plans, salesperson business plans, how to run that Monday morning meeting, how to build your own sales training plan internally in your organization. Then we have one on coaching and training where we actually talk about how do you coach someone? What are the language that you use to coach people? How often do you do it? How do you correct a bad sales call? How do you reinforce a positive sales call? Then we spend a whole session on sales compensation. Uh, The second book I wrote on sales compensation, how to build compensation plans that are strategic, and tactical and easy to implement and are driving towards the goals of the corporation then we spend another week on uh, the idea around recruiting obviously and how to find the right candidates how to go through the interviewing process and how to onboard them effectively and then the last week is an open week it is a week eight we actually challenges the uh, students to come up with what's the idea that's most directly impacting your success or you want to talk about in greater detail. Is there a one of the weeks course that we covered you want to spend time on or is there a brand new topic? We covered fanatical prospecting in one of the sessions on week eight to make sure that that was a whole because people had a challenge filling the pipeline. So you can go to salesgravy.com, register for the course and spend time. If you have further questions, you can contact me at Acumen Management Group.
0: Awesome, and you can also connect with Ken on LinkedIn, which I suggest doing. Uh, you write, you put a bunch of stuff up there on Twitter, uh, and uh, and I know that you hang out on Facebook because I, I follow you on Facebook. So, um, so you can connect with Ken there. And I and, and the thing that I love about this course is it's interactive. You're involved with people. There's coaching, so it's not just a, a you know just just you talking at people. You have access, small groups, Slammed. And if you want to join slam, you want to sign up for slam. Just go to salesgravy.com and then go to the top bar. Click on Sellsgrave University and do a quick, a quick search for SLAM or Ken Thorson, and, and you can uh, you can enroll. It's limited to no more than 15 participants, so hurry and, uh, and save your spot. Ken, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Great to be with you, Jeff. Have a great day. Awesome.